on Sky Sports Radio. Time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Uh, Yeah, good morning. Welcome to Punters Post Mortem on this Monday, November 27. We won't remember this. We won't forget this morning. It's been a beauty. The Big Sports Breakfast, of course, will be back tomorrow from 5.30am. And that, of course, is New South Wales Daylight Saving Time. A big week this week in New South Wales. Well, we've got our two meetings today, of course, at the Sapphire Coast and Taree. A little bit of weather around, uh, they're saying, uh, on the Bureau. A bit of weather this week, too. Some rain in New South Wales, plus as well some moisture elsewhere. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the week unfolds. Of course, later this week, we will be at Mudgee for the Cup, but our meetings in New South Wales, we've got Sapphire Coast and Taree, Albury, Tamworth tomorrow, Wyong on Wednesday as our midweek meeting. We've got Coffs Harbour Thursday on the Kenzo, a twilight meeting for the Christmas parties on Friday afternoon, and Mudgee also with the Mudgee Cup meeting. So looking forward to a big week of racing and also looking forward to that uh, that weekend or that uh, Wednesday racing, which is going to come our way, of course, from the team there at Wyong. Our two guests today on Punters Postmortem, it's just a panel of two, no Chris Roots today. We've got uh, David Gately and Ron Dovesy, two of the best in the business. And as, I, as I say good morning to you, Duff, how was your weekend, mate? You've been a bit crook. Yeah, I had the dreaded COVID, would you believe, for the first time, and uh, re- just recovering from that, but I'm, I'm fine, I'm, I'll, I'll get over it, and uh, just uh, couldn't make it near Saturday, but kept in touch, I don't think I've ever seen or watched so many races in one day. Um, it was a, a marathon all the way through to the last in Perth. It certainly was, mate, and we'll get your thoughts on that marathon day. David Gately, mate, welcome to the program uh, yourself, and, and looking forward to dissecting some of the racing from this uh, last weekend gone. Yeah, good morning, everyone. We'll, we'll downgrade Duff to Sky One down the track. Yeah. <laughs> we can certainly do that. But I'm still very proud of my COVID virginity, although um, my wife seems to think I've had it, but I just tested negative. So I don't know how she's come up with that. Uh, <laughs> she's better than science. But uh, um, I hope you're feeling better, mate. And, uh, yeah, it was terrific racing. A couple of wet tracks out of nowhere. And it'd be interesting, won't it, the, how the Melbourne um, Carnival uh, shapes going forward. They're, they're thinking of pushing back the Cranbourne Cup meeting and you know maybe going Caulfield, Flemington, Caulfield at the end of the, the magical Cup week. So we'll see how that plays out. Good to see them looking outside the box of just putting on an extra race. I like it. Uh, I think, yeah, the, the, we, we do have this clear air before the cricket starts. Obviously, it won't be yep. long until we've got, you know, summer cricket and other summer sports popping up. So I think the the uh, the good racing has... It, look, it's, it's been a long uh, campaign. Uh, some would say, you know, do we need to start that early? Could it be a little bit later into uh, a, a, an August period, Duff, and really ramp up once the footy finals are over? Yeah, well, we've had a, a, a very successful, um, well, into spring. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how much more we can take. These horses can only go so long. Yeah, that's the thing. And we've done a good job to get all those nice horses through to the gong, and it looks like we're going to get them right through to the uh, Ingham as well. Mm. I just hope that, uh, and we'll obviously talk about duration, I really do hope that all the jurisdictions um, do understand that money is not growing on trees like it was after the COVID period where there was a lot of cash floating around and there was that sort of, you know, big influx into the entertainment sector and I guess the hospitality. Because at the end of the day, we are a, a form of entertainment and a form of retail. Uh, whether we like it or not. 
Um, you know, where each company is trying to sell bets and we're trying to create entertainment for customers to go to. And you can just see not everyone having the big burst to go every single weekend and they're sort of saving their run-up, whether whether it's for Everest Day or whether it's for a, a Cup Day or a, or a Caulfield Cup or a, a Golden Eagle. And it's going to be some way we can hopefully try and get them to come a few days. Uh, obviously, there's people on higher money and with more nous when it comes to this sort of stuff than us, but I think that is something that we do need to keep in mind. Let's talk some racing because we're all about trying to follow some winners to try and get that that fold. Uh, I'll talk about the the gong first. Detonator Jackie finally put it together, Duff. Um, obviously loves the sting out of the ground. He got that on Saturday and also the blinkers on. Yeah, and he's a horse, he's a big horse who needs room to move. I've been on his back with his last three starts and he he just, he's had excuses each, each occasion, even though he's been well ridden. He's, I think he's a horse that needs room to move and wind into his work and Collett worked him out three deep with cover and just blended in and, and really made them look second rate. I know Lock Eagle covered ground and Detonator Jack found his back, but there was two and a half lengths at the finish, and, but... Maybe Lock Eagle still got another peak performance in him, and Lock and Ozapenko. Well, he was very good. It was just um, probably the barrier well, get, getting back so far, but more so when you get on these wet tracks. Recent runs are gold, so when you're five or six weeks between runs, it's very difficult to win um, first up on a wet track. Gator, what did you make of uh, the Gong, mate? I know he's been one of yours, Detonator Jack. Yeah, well, I think um, I remember him winning first up uh, Spring Carnival uh, last year, and we all thought, that, well, that's a group horse. Um, and he, he kept running really well, and even into this prep, I mean, Duff's made the point. He hasn't had a lot go right, but he's probably brought it on himself a little bit. He's just inability to quicken in his races or, you know, over those shorter trips in fast run races. He's just been at his top a long way from home and just dulled his finish. But the blinkers on uh, off a good solid tempo without being frantic um, really suited him. I think add to that the jar out of the track, and he just quickened better than uh, than Ozapenko. And that's the chink in his armour. This horse, Ozapenko, more than once now. Um, if you can't accelerate at the at the important time, it brings you undone at the top level. You don't need um, a whole lot to go wrong in a game of inches, do you, to to be brought undone? But look, he still beat fourth well and ran well, but he had the back of Detonator Jack. So uh, you know, although he gave him two and a half kilos, it was a, it was a good effort. The winner was just better. And Lock Eagle, you can argue, um, you, know, you could argue, as good as any run in the race, but he had 52, didn't he? And, and perhaps being wide no cover by race seven wasn't as disastrous as, as it seemed, but still a really brave um, effort, and he's a horse I want to follow. He, of course, uh, Duff will go into, uh, what, the Ingham now, uh, Lock Eagle. I think that's the plan with him. That's the path they're on. And we're going to see a few of these horses continue on that way as well. Yeah, I'd say so. And um, those two horses of Chris Lees will be peaking right on Ingham Day. That's uh, uh, Lock Eagle and Rustic Steel. They'll, they'll both be presented in fantastic order without too many miles into their legs. So uh, they, they'd be, they'll be quite popular come, you know, a fortnight or whatever. Now, what about the Cranbourne Cup, uh, Gator? I'll bring you in here. We'll jump straight to it because obviously a lot of our big sports breakfast listeners, our eyes are on it because uh, Laurie Daly has a small share in Foxy Cleopatra. And I must admit, watching the race, you never sort of thought she was going to maybe figure in the finish. And then all of a sudden, that last sort of furlong and a half, uh, maybe it was more of a case that that the, the ones in front were slowing and her stamina was kicking in. Yeah, it's the way I read it as well. I mean, the first uh, five here, there's only a length and a half over them. Um, 
and their gap back to the rest of the field. So they're the five I want to focus on. Um, Charterhouse uh, was good. I mean, I thought his first up run was really good. He, he was a sneaky good run up the straight, 1,200, through the wrong part of the track, way below his best last time. But that's the real Charterhouse. It just shows you never underestimate the stable um, peaking, you know, for a race they've targeted. And he had the back of Foxy Cleopatra and ran by her. Look, she's running very well, Foxy. She's second up off a year break. Um, she didn't quicken uh, immediately, uh, as none of those backmarkers did, given the race shape. Uh, but very strong. But you never know, been, been beaten point two of a length. I think your, your point's salient. She never actually looks the winner. But look, she's gone really well. Just like Collard Ascension late for third, and they settled one two in a solidly run race. Ascension gave you a great side. And Euphoric ran fifth and had the back of the winner, ran on well. And, um, look, he, his rating hasn't quite caught up with his, his, the weight he's been allocated yet, but an extremely promising galloper. So probably a pretty good race this year, focusing, as I say, around those first five home. Mm, and Duff, uh, I know that you were no doubt watching a lot of races, but uh, Foxy, I think Laurie was saying this morning that uh, look, there's got to be water to roll on the bridge, but we might see her in Sydney for the Ingham on the 9th of December. Yeah, bold move, uh, but uh, you, you can't put enough praise on her. Uh, she, like, like Gator said, she's second up in a year. She's an inexperienced filly or mare, and um, she was thrown in the deep end first up and went completely overachieved there and backed it up with a very brave run um, at the mile there second up. So, uh, yeah, a lot of money on offer, so why not have a crack? It won't be easy. But um, yeah, I, I think she's she's a re- she's going to be a really good mare in the autumn. Yeah, she certainly is. So in that Ingham prenoms detonator. Jack, this is prenoms, by the way. Detonator Jack is a five dollar favourite from Ozapenko at six dollars. Rustic Steel's at six. Straight Acer is at six dollars. Grabini is at eight. Attractable eleven. Cepheus, who was scratched from the weekend, eleven. Foxy Cleopatra eleven. Fine Point fifteen. Lock Eagle. He is at 15, Spangler at 15, and Surf Dancer at a $15 price. So that market is open now with the tab as we speak, of course, for the 9th of December. Uh, boys, what about the um, other big race on the weekend? What did we make of the uh, the railway stakes? I know there was a few people listening to the show that were quite keen on route stuff, and uh, they wanted to. They got the good price and wanted to follow it through, and she sat there in that three-wide line, but uh, just just didn't show the routes we saw in City the previous. I wonder if the mile is not her goal. I wonder if they'll just keep it at 1,400 moving forward. Yeah, look, she'd won it a mile uh, leading into it, and I thought she got a beautiful ride from an awkward draw. So I, I, you'd have to mark it disappointing, uh, considering what she did in the blinkers at a previous start in the hot Danish. So, yeah, just a, a bit of a mystery there. But the winner was well set up. Um, he's a, a really good horse over there, well trained, got the beautiful ride. Um, chimed in at the right time with no weight on his back, Bustler, and uh, he, he was terrific. So after having not a lot of luck in his previous start, Elsafina was good. Uh, she's got a good rap on her. Uh, the unlucky runner there was t- Tricks of the Trade, I think last year's winner, who uh, just had no luck getting up on the inside there and uh, could well have figured in the finish with better luck. Did you see the railway, Gator? Are you still going at 9 o'clock at night? Oh, God, no. But um, I watched the replay. Um, yeah, look, I agree. I think tricks of the trade, you can argue strongly, you know, may well have threatened the winner. Although the winner did quicken nicely, uh, Bustler. So um, tricks of the trade, whilst that was happening, tricks of the trade was hopelessly held up. So I guess it's a case of we'll never know. Uh, Dom Deschutes for the last 100 was lovely work as well. Um, and they were the four. 
really. Um, yeah, a couple of disappointments behind, but um, yeah, I haven't got the rating out of the race yet. But um, but uh, yeah, look, the, the winner as a change up speed or. If they could handball that to Ozopenko, that would help him. Yeah, uh, certainly. Uh, what do we do then? Okay, because there's a couple of texts saying, okay, what do we do with Ozopenko then moving forward as, as a punter? There's one here from uh, John and another one from Paul saying, okay, what, I've got Ozopenko as one of my horses to, you know, continue to back. Do I drop off him? What do you do with Ozopenko? Duffy, are you in the state of mind that you want to then seem put it all together before you start throwing your hard earn on or, oh. or or is it all race shape pattern you know if he gets a good gun a good let's say he goes to Ingham gets a good track gets a good barrier do you want to you know trust the belief that he can put it all together again oh I would I would I'd like to see the final makeup of the field and yeah. speed maps and whatever but if Chris decides to push on um, I could easily chime in because of the factor that, uh, uh, like I said earlier, I don't like horses six weeks between runs going on a wet track. You, you, you're not as tough. You know, the backup horses are gold. The recent runs are gold as a rule, as my rule. And um, I'll, um, yeah, I, I'd back that judgment to say that he'll lift off that performance with a with a more recent run under his belt. What about yourself, Gator? Yeah, well, I think Duff's point's really um, yeah, valid, isn't it? And... You know, I'm the same. I, the gap between runs, one of the first things I look at into, into a horse's profile. And if, if, if they have that on their CV um, already, then awesome, no issue. But if they don't, it, you know, it can be uh, problematic. Um, what offset that, and I tipped us a pinko on top in that race, was uh, the fact that he's trained by C. Wallow, probably the best I've ever seen, um, and ridden by James McDonald. So that put me back in his corner to offset that. thought they'd have him right. I think he probably was right, though. I just think his uh, kryptonite is this inability to accelerate. You go back and look at all his runs this prep, and it's bringing him undone, you know, at, at, in big races. Um, he can get away with it probably third level, but at the top level, you can't. So when you say, when you were talking about this acceleration, is it at a key point of the race, um, Gator, or is it, can you explain it more to us? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if you go back and look at his uh, sectionals in a couple of lead-up runs in Melbourne, um, he's ranking like 6th, 7th, 8th, that's 6 to the 400, then 4 to the 2. He's very, very good late to home, but then by then the, ra- the race is gone. Um, so he's got to, he has to be able to uh, stay in touch with them, at least match their speed for that portion of the race, and then still have the ability to finish off. That, that's what will separate him from where he is now to where he needs to get to. Um, and we were blaming short course. So, oh, he just needs further. He just needs further. Then he stepped up in trip and, you know, albeit had an excuse in the Turnbull, wide on a fearsome speed. You know, not many can cope with that. So, um, but that, that's the problem. Um, you know, if he can't accelerate at the shorter trips, hits the line, then he gets up in trip and, and it's, it's still not there. Um, that's what they need to correct. But, you know, they're in the best stable to do it. Mm. Duff, how, you've been around horses all your life and ridden them. How do you correct something like that? Or how do well, you inject speed into a, a horse like that? No, well, some horses have got that pattern. I don't think you can make them have a turn of speed. I think just things have to fall in place, into place with the race in general as far as uh, a horse like him might want more speed up front where he, he, he that 
bit of one pace he's got uh, can come into play late when the the leaders are tiring. So maybe slowly run races are against him and maybe he should be ridden closer and or like most horses in slowly run races. Mm. Uh, send your text through on 0419767272. We're going to open up the phone lines right now too. So if you've got a question for our panel or something's on your mind, give us a ring, 135353. It'd be great to hear from you this morning. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punter's Postmortem. You most certainly are, and we've got some callers coming in on 13.53.53. be great to hear from you this morning. Might even give our best caller a little gift, a little racing HQ. We've got some merchandise uh, thanks to our friends uh, from the tab. And uh, in relation to a couple of texts here, Duff, Mabel, uh, she was very good in race nine. Our eyes were on headwall because obviously it was the SP favourite. He darted back to the inside. Blake and or Jason got right out wide and she was, I thought, sensational. Unbelievable. She's such a good fresh mare, isn't she? Uh, that you just go back through her. She, you can just trust her fresh and fresh at a thousand when you can come from behind is uh, a real feather and a cap. She, uh, Tracy's worked her out. Uh, so he's placed it beautifully there. Headwell, yeah, maybe wasn't the right move ducking back to the inside. He had an opportunity to come around the horse in front of him and duck back in. Wouldn't have made any difference anyway. Three and a half lengths uh, was a, a dominant performance. And uh, just call it the way he rode on Saturday, everything. He just reads these tracks so, so well and judges the speed so, so well. So he he was dying to... You could see him earlier in the day just... When am I going to have a crack at coming right to the outside fence? And he left it to Mabel to do the job. What did you make of the performance in race nine? By the way, that track was upgraded. Um, you wouldn't have thought that at the start of the day, but it was upgraded to a soft seven uh, following race eight. So it was starting to improve there already. Well, they ran yeah, fif- that. Yeah, they ran fifty-seven, fifty-nine, and thirty-four, and they. I think the previous race, they come home in 33-6 in insurrection. So yeah. uh, I was t- terrified of the track after race three. Not one horse passed a runner. And I thought, <laughs> hello, what have we got here? What have we got here? But then it was beautiful. All of it, you just like someone pressed a button and the track was beautiful from there on in. Yeah, I got a few text messages saying, it looks like Indian file, the old footy training. But, um, yeah, things levelled out. And, and that just shows, doesn't it, uh, um, the punters need to be aware and not be drawn into conclusions uh, too early and just keep evolving with the day. Um, and, yeah, by the time we got to race nine, uh, there was no money for Mabel early. But by the time uh, they read the track, uh, that you're able to run on out wider and uh, you knew you were going to get a good speed. Um, things panned out well, but uh, did win with GST. I mean, 3.3 lengths of the margin. Gave five and a half kilos to the runner-up as well. Got a Call on the line. We've got Jeff. G'day, Jeff. G'day, mate. How you going? Good, mate. You've got a, got question, a question. question for Gator. Yeah, good, mate. Um, that last race winner in Adelaide, is she top class? She's uh, strung free on end together now. She's got a devastating turn of foot. That's and her name? Play that funky music. Mm, yeah, and, and look, I haven't, I haven't got the data through for any of the meetings yet for the weekend, but to the eye, I mean, going, uh, she's flying. Um, but, I, yeah, I just can't help you because we haven't, um, you know, we're only paying 300 a month for this thing. Why would they bring that out on time? But, um, yeah, no, we're, uh, I can't help you with the actual data. But to the eye, terrific. Um, I probably underestimated a little bit on Saturday. Obviously, you, yeah, had, a, you yeah. had a bet, Jeff? I did, mate, yeah. I've back her the last couple of times, actually. I, yeah, I think she's, she might be all right, that horse. I'll tell, tell you is... Um... I think a rising star there, and you, you chat with um, 
You chat with... Uh, oh, I've had a bendel blank. Oh, he trains Amelia's Jewel. Help me here, Duff. Simon Miller. Sorry. You chat with Simon Miller and, and other trainers uh, from that part of the world. They've all got a rap for this young Luke Campbell. A big rap. So if you like following your, your apprentice riders or just jocks coming through, we've got some good ones here in Sydney, as we know. There's some pretty good ones in Melbourne and up there in Brisbane as well. But, yeah, Luke Campbell is a... He's getting some wins and a very good rider, and they all want to use him over there in the West. So thanks for your call, Jeff. Um, there is a text here, Duff, in relation to insurrection. So the Warra obviously was the sprint race there on the weekend. And uh, speaking of apprentices, Zach Lloyd got off and said, I love this horse, absolutely love him, and he's been good for him too. Uh, I thought it was a gift um, for a 1,000-metre race, which is look very fast on paper, and then we get the scratchings. Um, it fell into his hands, and uh, Zach capitalised on it. He just controlled at a very even tempo up front. And like you said, when you're on a heavy track coming home in 33.6, you have to say, wow, how did quick tempo get so close? Um, so, yep, it was his race. Things fell into place for him, and he just out-sprinted them um, at the distance. So Dragonstone might went a little further now. And Brudnell, classic case again, first up, heavy track, uh, very, very forgiving. Very, very forgiving. What did you make of Insurrection, Gator? Yeah, I think it's a pretty good sprinter, pretty good second level uh, sprinter, really well placed. Yeah, I think the speed uh, map uh, helped this horse out because it scared a few off. Because um, we all thought, as Duff said, there'd be a, a number of... I know a couple like Malkovich and, and co were scratched. Um, Cannonball was another. Uh, but there were still... You know, Brood Nell's been able to lead races strongly, uh, same as recommendation. So, um, but able to get away with it, an easy lead, but still a pretty sort of slick win um, from a, a really good second level horse. Quick tempo, one of the runs of the day. Um, yeah, look, I'm losing. Uh, Dragonstone and I are going to see see other people. I think I, um, I just it just hasn't won for so long, and quick tempo was so much better than him. I, we're not mates anymore. Dragonstone, of course, uh, there was a bit of money around um, for that. A couple in that race, they backed. I was Dragonstone SP'd at four twenty, but Brundle uh, SP'd six fifty, and I know that Bacchanalia as well was in the market, but um, just didn't seem to, I think, appreciate the ground. Was, was there other excuses there, Duff, that have come yeah. through from Bacchanalia? Yeah, look, he played up in the barrier, he missed the start, yeah. and it was just not his day. You usually get through the wet, uh, so um, no, he had a he give himself a day off there. Speaking of a horse that didn't have a day off at all yesterday and hasn't had a day off for a long, long time, we no doubt saw the Japan Cup yesterday. Uh, it looked quite unbelievable. And Equinox was obviously victorious there in that race, Duff. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it live, but no doubt you would have seen a 1,000 replays and seen a 1,000 tweets after. Um, he's a very, very special animal, very special animal. Well, you can't disagree with anyone, can you? He he's the best in the world. Um, to do what he did and what he's been doing was just um, unbelievable. Tingling, tingling. Um, my brother-in-law went over and watched the race, and he rung me from the grandstand after the race, and he was he was he was nearly crying. He was shaking that much how how exciting it was to just see that race. And um, yeah, what a horse! What a horse! Uh, to chase down that tearaway leader and do what he does. An incredible horse. Mm. And the, and something we're not used to really seeing, are we, Gator, where we see a... I mean, you always refer to these horses as, as athletes. 
I mean, we're not used to seeing a 2,400-metre race where the jockey hasn't used the persuader and the horse's dead set looks like it's still on the bit. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like, I think he, he pulled out a book at the under it, I think. Um, just started flicking through that because there's nothing else to do. Um, that's as good as they win. And 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 it's, it's not the first time for this horse where, where we've said that. Uh, I know I'm a romantic going back to better loosen up and superimpose, chasing down Vo Rogue or trying to... Gee, what would you give to see Winx versus Equinox? Anyway, that's a whole different... Uh, conversation but um yeah the depths of endurance to this horse and we'll talk vo2 max if you want to talk athletics it would be beyond elite yeah the one thing too is the the way in which he does it um duff over different distances um that's one thing yeah and and the way they train them the gaps between their runs it's a sign of a champion win at all tracks um different track conditions and any distance and uh, we don't see it often. Winks, as Gator just brought up, she that that was her aura. And uh, this horse is just a, a well, a machine, an absolute machine. Liberty Island, of course, there was a bit of Aussie flavour there. We've spoken about her before. Of course, she's the she's got the Yankee Rose um, blood in her, which we've we've seen here in Australia. And um, well, she's pretty good in her own right, from what we've seen in her various races. And uh, I thought she was quite commendable in a run but you even see the jockey that, that's one thing I, f- I feel about watching racing is when we talk about horses that are you know a champion horses and and special moments and when you see I think the, in these big races uh your main rival you know galloping up beside your duff and looking over and smiling and you know jockeys Ooh. just shaking heads going what's just happened I think that's when you know that yeah you you, you hit the nail on the head with pretty something some pretty special and that's pretty powerful too that to hear that you your brother was there, and that's that. You know, he, he would have been to a million races and probably seen a million great horses, but you just know that that's something that you probably will never see again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, you know, when you see a moment, and um, and and when you're on a racetrack that's unforgettable. You know, you don't have many in your lifetime. I've had you know Black Caviar's last day there, and the T.J. Smith was uh, at Ramwick was unbelievable. The Winx's farewell that last day is just. An unbelievable moment. I was in Hong Kong when Sunline um, held off Fairy King Prawn. That was one of the biggest roars I've heard on a racetrack that'll stay with me forever. And uh, really, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Maccabi Divas, Third Mel Cup, Third Melbourne Cup. They're moments you'll never forget in racing your whole life. Mm. What would be your number one, Gator? The moment that you just that you've seen in person, not so much on the television, but you've been there and yeah. seen it, that's just you'll never, ever, ever forget? Yeah, look, it's, uh, it's a great question. Um, I always, I, I tend to refer back to, to Martin Powers' Caulfield Carp, and I was just on course as a punter and uh, quite a number of beer, beers deep, but um, just being absolutely blown away by the sustained speed. I remember thinking at about the 800, well, he can't keep going, Um I mean, what did he win by eight? I think it was a world record at the time. And, and the other one was probably Winks um, when she sailed by Hartnell. Hartnell at the time was airborne. He'd just come off a win thrashing Jamaica, making her look like a draft horse. And um, she just went by him exactly like that, like he was uh, nailed to the fence. Um, fabulous stuff. What about uh, Dean, who's on the line? G'day, Dean. G'day, boys. This is a bit of a step down from Might and Power and Sunline. Just wondering <laughs> if you caught the... Uh, Caught the winner, Jimmy Starr, in the last at Cranbourne and probably more for you, Gator. Do you know 
Have they got targets for that horse, or are they just going to take it through the grades? And now it's only a gelding. Wondering what you thought of the win. Yeah, no, it was it was a strong win. I mean, he carried sixty kilos. He he covered ground a fair way from home. It was a really confident ride from from Craig Williams, and you know he joined in on the turn and straightening up, and he looked at, right at his top though. He looked full bore. Um, and I thought, oh, how's this going to end? But then he did come away nicely. 2.2 lengths on the line with his weight. was was quite dominant in the end. So my summation is, I think he'll get further um, than 1,500. And he was only second up off a decent break himself. So, look, a lot to like. That shooting stars race can, can throw a good horse. So um, he might end up one of them. He needs to keep uh, progressing, but he's in the right stable to do that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you very much for that, uh, Dean. Thank you. Um, a couple of texts on the text line here. Um, uh, J-Mac in Hong Kong. Um, obviously, he's already started. He flew out to, from Sydney on Saturday night and already had a couple of winners there, Duff. So we have to follow him and the Aussie boys over there in the next couple of weeks. Of course, a uh, couple of Wednesdays' time will be... The Jockeys Challenge there on the Wednesday night at Happy Valley. And then Sunday will be, of course, um, not this Sunday, but Sunday week, um, will be the big uh, Hong Kong International meeting. Yeah, always a big meeting. And J-Mac is just unbelievable. He he rode uh, the uh, the young horse to victory early in the day. It was a short price. But then to have the hide to win out, win the feature event at 20 to 1, <laughs> uh, they have, they're not paying the J Mac tax over there yet, but they're about to. They're about to because they'll all jump on his back now. He's um, he'll be going around unders and everything, but understandably so. A text here for you, uh, Gator, in relation to Revolutionary Miss, which went around in that uh, mare's pendant on the weekend. What did you think? Yeah, really um, nice uh, mare, isn't she? And um, she carried her fifty nine and a half. They couldn't have scripted it better. Got the rails trail on Kazoo and sailed straight by her. Um, now, Kazoo did pull up lame, so um, I guess we'll never know. Uh, but uh, she, as I say, gave her two and a half kilos, ran by her, got back to third. So uh, she's ticked the wet track box, which we weren't overly concerned about going in. But, um, yeah, really good. Again, second, third levels her go. When they step her up to the uh, the top, she just finds uh, a bridge too far. But... Plenty of good races if you're a above-average mare, and that's what she is. What about the trainer at the moment? I want to mention, want to highlight um, Gator Ben Brisbane. He's obviously had a lot of success of late. Uh, he's been training winners in the southern part of New South Wales, and of course has had uh, good winners. He can train this bloke. Yeah, no doubt. And um, yeah, he's uh, put it this way from a punning perspective. We're not shying away from a bed. If <laughs> If his name's in the trainer's uh, book, uh, a form guide as you're heading into a race. So, you know, that's it's a big piece of the puzzle, isn't it? Um, getting the horses right, your athletes right, as often as you can to peak to their best of their ability. It's pretty simple when you say it out loud, but that's, that's the art of it. And I'm not sure, uh, Duff, if you caught Canberra on the weekend, but they had obviously a big meeting down there in the nation's capital, uh, and they had this Canberra community chest, which was $200,000 up for grabs, and we saw super helpful uh, win for Andrew Adkins. It was a good win. Good to see Andrew get a, a good winner, and that big dance form has stacked up. It has. It has, and uh, they've got that horse flying. 
Uh, absolutely flying, um, super helpful, and uh, they had that winner at Kembla who was very impressive as well yeah. for Attica. Yeah. Uh, so, yep, they're, they're they're on a high at the moment. The Joseph Jones Stable. They certainly are. Ben Brisbane ran second in that race with Super Arzi. Uh Peace Officer for Clary was third. Then Cavalier Charles, I've been trying, etc. And handled the truth, boys. That was his last ever race. He's now been retired. A winner of one point seven nine or one point. Seven million, and uh, the forty-eight starts for the nine wins, and she's been a good horse. Duff for uh, not only the connections there of Laurel Oak, but also for for Keith Dryden, who's a great man. Yeah, yeah, he's been a good old stable stalwart. He was country championships winner, and um, all that money in the bank. He's uh, they've, they've done a great job with him, and he's had a great career. So it was time. It was time. Uh, for him to stop, and he's, um, I'm sure he's going to have a, a really good home for the rest of his life. We'll take another break. It's 9.43. Give us a call on 13.53.53. Maybe you've got a moment. You uh, always remember after watching that good performance of Equinox, it always makes us think of good moments we've seen in racing. What was yours? Give us a call. This is Punter's Postmortem on Sky Sports Radio. Welcome back to the program. It's 9.46 on this Monday, and we're going to get to some calls which we've got coming in in relation to, I think, either some questions on the weekend's racing or maybe uh, in relation to what I was just talking about as I wrapped up, and that was great moments. Of course, we were talking about Equinox uh, yesterday winning the Japan Cup, and uh, what a, a brilliant racehorse he is. I'm not sure if those callers are there yet or not. I think John is on the line. G'day, John. G'day, Dave. There you going? Good, mate. What uh, have you got? A question for our panel, or a comment on what I was just no, talking no, no, about? Not a question. Not a question, mate. I just uh, you mentioned witnessing great racing performances, mate. I was there when Kingston Town won his third Cox Plate. That that was incredible, mate. Uh, when Bill Collins said Kingston Town can't win, you were live on track there in Melbourne. Was that the greatest moment you've ever had? Oh, in racing, yeah, I've seen nothing better than that, mate. That that was, mate. I watched grown men bore their eyes out that day. It was just that overwhelming what the king did, you know. And uh, you, you, they talk about Winks and everybody else. Winks is now now champion. Mate, Kingston Town would have kicked the head. His buddy, he would have just sat behind her. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yep. Jeez, that's, I guess that's the beauty of our sport. It's like when we talk about footballers uh, or any other athlete for that fact. You know, um, you know what would. Uh, you know, we talk about Usain Bolt, you know, running, and then you get certain people saying, well, hang on, what about the past uh, with, with other athletes over the 100, etc." Thank you, John, for your call. That's why I love our game. It's all about opinions. Our next caller, we've got Jack from Port Macquarie. Not just yet. We'll have him soon. They all just want to talk to Westy. They all just ring up to try and talk to Westy, boys. Try and get the late mail. Uh, in terms of... Uh, that Western Australian race. Just uh, a couple more texts here on Al Safina. A few people um, saying that Pikey made the wrong decision. He was uh, following the wrong horses in that race. I know that you guys were sort of, it was, you know, you've seen it on replay, Gator, Duff. Um, you know, you've been looking at the all the East Coast races by then. But just do you think um, Pikey could have won that race if he had a steer differently? Or do you think that's, you know, just how it is? And obviously he was following Tuvalu. Yeah, look, he, he was totally following the right horses, but he, the, the right horses weren't going fast enough. Uh, Tuvalu was the fav- one of the favourites and um, didn't cart him into the race. Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe should have got closer. She should have got closer, but uh, that's racing. It's um, the winner was quite dominant, and he did get the right breaks. So, um, 
yeah, I, I can see the point, but um, as far as saying it, she was desperately unlucky, I don't know. The winner was off and gone. We've got uh, Jack on the line. G'day, Jack. Morning, David. How are you? Good, mate. What have you got for us? I just want to get your thoughts on... Oh, mate, you've got a terrible reception there, mate. I might uh, might lose you in a second here. Um, where are you? Are you in the car or are you, are you in the house somewhere? No, mate, no, it's no good, to be honest with you. Might try, maybe if you uh, hang up, mate, and we'll try and re-establish the line, mate, because it's just breaking up reception-wise. I did have down here, it was a, a, in relation to the Warra, which we, we, we had, did touch on with the boys before. But we'll try and re-establish that line with Jack. Um, just no good with the phone reception um, there, which is unfortunate, and, and uh, we wouldn't be able to understand you. Extremely rowdy was a good performance at Cranbourne in race two. Uh, a text here from Steve-O said, uh, boys, back to extremely rowdy. Can I get Gator's thoughts? Think she's a filly to follow. She's pretty consistent. What, she's at the two seconds, and now she's gone bang, bang at Packenham and Cranbourne. Yeah, I thought it was a neat win. Uh, back came to the outside, uh, still spotted them five, one by a length and a half on the line, and um, certainly um, marked her as, as, as a really strong win. I mean, Jewel Bay was third, who had some decent form lines. Wigan was back in fifth, who was just coming off a really fast win at Flemington. I just think the 12.50 brought that horse undone, but um, doesn't take anything away from the winner, uh, who was dominant and certainly on the upward trajectory. Did anyone see uh, that uh, race at the Gold Coast on Saturday at all? Um, I know we're watching a lot of races, but go back and watch a race, guys. Uh, they had a big race day there. I know that the Big Sports Breakfast was there on Friday up at the Goldie, and they had a you know a, a forex um, sports day with a heap of sports stars and whatnot. Well, if you go back and watch the um, uh, the race, it was the Brisbane Broncos maiden plate. It was the nineteen hundred meter race, and there was a Bob Murray trained runner called Sudden uh, Sudden. Suspect. It's a 25 start maiden. And mate, have a look at the run. It is dead set, uh, tailed off. It looks like you've, you've done your money again if you followed. Uh, it's a couple of lengths behind the pack. And then all of a sudden, comes through and runs, <laughs> wins the race. It's quite extraordinary, boys. Uh, it's one of those, those good wins. Jockey darts back to the inside and it just bursts through. So if you haven't seen that one, Boys, go back in, uh, to the putters out there. Have a look at uh, Sudden Suspect winning on Saturday in that 900-metre race oh, at the Gold oh. Coast. Uh, a seven-year-old, 26 starts, no one win now. And um, on the synthetic, and you want us to follow poor old Sudden Suspect? Oh, no, I don't want you to follow. I don't want you to follow. Oh. I just, just one of those ones that you, you're watching and you're going, how has this won? <laughs> like, the, like when you see those uh, greyhounds or, you know, those yeah, other performances. Yeah. Um, it was, it was, I'd love to see your data on that, Gator, if it, if it arrives. Yeah, no, it should be out by Christmas, so we'll, <laughs> we'll get on to that. Um, oh. yeah, be, look. But the second horse was fifty to one as well, wasn't it? So I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. The I third horse. So. The, the third horse was a dollar twenty-four. So I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> we got Jared on the line. G'day, Jared. How you going, boys? Good, mate. I was at Wagga and saw Takeover Target win at second race, and I told people this horse is going to be a champion. I won by about seven lengths. I followed it every day after that. Well, how how is the Bahamas this morning? 
Isn't it good when you, you follow a horse all the way through and obviously that's one of the great stories. I still can't believe they haven't made a movie about that, to be honest with you. Oh, it was just sensational. Yeah, no, it just, I said, turn around, and, and this lady kept telling me, it hasn't won a big race, it hasn't won a big race. And I said, it will eventually, I'll tell you now. Well, there That's you go, mate. England. Yeah. Sensational story. I mean, we all know the, the takeover target story. We know the, the, the fact that it was bought cheap, trained there by Joe Janiak and the team, and obviously, geez, um... Still got to go around the world, but I reckon Joe would have liked to have been racing when there was some Everest and some good things like that on. Dear, oh dear, they would have uh, got an absolute stack. Uh, just um, on Takeover Target, while we're talking about him, Duff, do you reckon one of his best performances was the day Nash rode him because he didn't have to carry that dead weight? That was in the TJ, of course. Nash rode him. He beat Northern Meteor and Apache Cat, two very handy horses. Yeah, well, it's hard to argue. He had so many great performances, didn't he? Um, not only here in Australia, but um, around the world. I think he won over 20 races. Yep. And he won, well, I think he, I think he hit $6 million, the prize money, yep. which, would, which would turn into about $25 million a day. And um, he was just a, an incredible horse around the world. And uh, he went and he, he just conquered everything. He went to Perth. He went to uh, Singapore. He went to Newmarket. He went to Ascot. He's, um, he, he, he just travelled the world with him and Australia with him, Joe. A, a, a great horse. Some great stories. You, you even hear stories from Lukey Pepper, who, of course, was um, doing a lot of his... Uh, track work and gallops and whatnot when he was travelling with the team. And, yeah, there's some, some great yarns. And as I said, still can't, you know, if we're thinking about making a, a a movie about racing, gee, you'd have to make a movie about Takeover Target. That is a, that's a beauty. And when you tell people that aren't in racing about that story and about how the horse was, you know, acquired and, and whatnot, people can't believe it when you start going through the fact that, you know, he wins the Queen Bee and Maiden and they go to Wagga and they go to Kenzo, Rose Hill and the Pace Sitter and then the Ramorni. Just that whole story um, is sensational and obviously what they achieved with uh, Takeover Target. Um, what was your favourite Takeover Target moment, Gator? Oh, look, uh, when you win 21 times, it's, yeah. um, it's a challenge. But there was a win at Flemington up the straight where he was, I can't remember the race, more of Salinger or something back then, but... Um, uh, he was so underrated by Lamarck. I think they thought maybe he was cooked by then, but um, it was a fabulous win. But um, I'd say the Royal Ascot, seeing Joe in the, the top hat, was a highlight. When he won the new market, he beat Snitzel and Stratum, two great mm. sires. Would you believe that? He was uh, uh, When you look back through his form and the horses that he beat, his last yeah. win, his last win, he, he beat I Am Invincible. <laughs> Incredible. Yep. Certainly is. Now, this week ahead, boys, we've got, uh, obviously, uh, racing. So, in Sydney, our Saturday racing will be at uh, Rose Hill. Uh, we'll have the Festival Stakes for the Group 3. We've got the Starlight over the 1100, the Christmas Cup. We've got a race called the Country Classic. Take note, <coughs> pardon me, this is restricted uh, to New South Wales country horses that have had at least three starts for a country trainer group or list of winners are ineligible. That's over the 2,000 metres. So that's a look at uh, Sydney on the weekend. Plus, we've got that twilight meeting on Friday at the Kenzo. They have a bit of a Christmas night. Uh, we've got the Valley on Friday night, uh, of course, and then Caulfield on Saturday. Take note, we've got the Merson Cooper, uh, the Sandown Guineas. Uh, we've got uh, the Twilight Glow Stakes as well. So 
Again, uh, this continuation, I think with the Kevin Heffernan as well, um, the Eclipse Stakes, the Zipping Classic. So these sort of good races continuing into December. So uh, looking forward to seeing how those fields come out. Uh, of course, we'll have noms a little bit later on, and then we'll have uh, an all-in market, and then let the fun and games begin. And the Pinnacles continue in WA. The Winterbottom will obviously take shape. Uh, one and a half million up for grabs from a East Coast perspective. Well, I think well, our, most of our eyes, um, aren't they, are on overpass. It'll be interesting to see how overpass goes. He's 280 favourite there, Duff, and he travelled over. Um, we've got Triple Missile, second favourite at $6. Ripcord, who was a big winner, its last start coming down the outside as the third favourite, and Oscar's fortune at $9. But, yeah, he will be flying the flag there, overpass. I don't know if they went over there with front page. I don't know if front page went. No, I don't think I don't so. think it did, yeah, but it's still in that market. Just beware with some of those East Coast horses that are there. Mind you, I would have loved to have seen Jeff Jarea over there on the VBs in Perth. That would have been sensational, boys. <laughs> no, Overpass is, um, if he arrives in form, um, he's, he's, already tri- he's already been there and done that, hasn't he? So he's got to be hard enough to beat, but uh, we'll wait till that field unfolds later in the week. And front page is spelling, by the way, on racing... Uh, Australia. We'll take a quick break. Horses to follow after this. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. All right. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for all the calls today. Our um, our horses to follow, which we're going to put up on social media, by the way. Uh, firstly, yours, Duff. Yeah, look, uh, not an easy day for horses to follow. A lot of horses coming to the end of their preparations. I'd say I'll leave Equinox off this week, so I'll put um, that. It's better than midway class, Zuetica, and I'll throw in Winning Point, who was first up, a stayer for Paul Murray, who uh, has won up to 2,300, so looks like she's come up well and she can be placed to advantage in the right races in the lower benchmarks. What about yourself, Gator? Yeah, look, I'll go Foxy Cleopatra just for the fact she was only second up. And I'll, we'll go Lock Eagle. It looks like they're going to clash, so they won't both win, most likely. Um, and Bel Air was terrific with a big weight on Saturday at Cranbourne as well. Love it, gents. Enjoy the week ahead. We've got a lot of racing continuing on, and we'll chat to you uh, next week uh, when it comes to uh, Punters Postmortem. And then over the summer period, of course, you guys are going to get a, a well-earned break and rest. When that period is on, we'll just have a standard edition of Racing HQ and we'll fire up punters post-mortem around that magic millions time. But until then, we'll catch you very soon, boys. Ciao. Thanks, guys.